Warning! This show is for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Parental discretion is advised. Free fall! Free fall! Free fall! You're listening to The Emperor and the Emperor's Court on World of Warcraft Radio. Ooh, baby, is that your epic manner? Are you just happy to see me? All this energy calling me Back where it comes from It's such a crude Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio tonight here in my plush studios on World of Warcraft Radio, WCRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a live recorded podcast of the Emperor's Court here at 9 o'clock on August 27th and the year of our Lord 2009. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, this is actually a live broadcast for those listening right now. But it is intended as a podcast only, and the reason why is the program we use to actually broadcast makes it a lot easier on me editing-wise to actually record it and actually do the show live, records it for me, a lot less editing, a lot less hassle, I get this thing kicked out to a lot quicker. So, bear with me. Now, I've been telling people in IRC right before the show started on the sound levels, on the music. If it tends to get out of hand, let me know so I can correct it. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I have a bunch of topics for you this evening. A couple game reviews I want to get to. Uh, Actually, one game review and one upcoming title that I am very excited about. I also have a couple uh, radio bits, I'm sorry, uh, email audios that were sent to me by a couple people that I plan on playing uh, later this evening and responding to. So, welcome to the show. Here's what we have on topic for tonight. I have two articles that were sent to me uh, recently. Actually, uh, Davlin, Mechahawk, Death and Decay on my staff have been very diligent in sending me very interesting uh, articles, material about gaming and, and the gaming world, that kind of related thing. And a couple that really caught my eye. But I want to start off with uh, a, a hot button issue that I didn't think would be stemming from last week. In the last show, I was referring to a, a buddy of mine at work who goes by the name of Legal Tender. Because, you know, we don't use real names on the internet. Anyways, Legal Tender told me that uh, when taking long trips while he's driving, he will actually use his iPod to watch movies. And I found this to be absolutely reprehensible. I mean, you're driving on a highway. Shouldn't you be paying attention to the road and not driving and watching your iPod? Apparently, I am in the minority. I received no less than nine different emails of people who claim to have done the same thing. One person, whose name I will not get out, he actually gave me his real name, whose name I won't give out, actually tells me that he has a portable DVD player mounted to his dashboard and to the right of his wheel that he will play movies on. He said he never watches a movie that he hasn't already seen once just in case you know he does have to take his attention away from the video. But he said, you really don't realize how little attention you need when you're driving long distances, especially at night. He says it helps him stay awake because he does a lot of traveling for work, and he does a lot of traveling at night. So therefore, this helps keep him awake. I I, I don't know that I really understand that or really agree with that. Even so, all your attention should be on the road, not watching your iPod 
or mounting a DVD player to your dashboard. Uh, what happens if a cop pulls you over? Let's say you're not going fast enough, you're weaving, you're speeding, you can pull over. You have no defense. Sorry, officer, I was watching porn. I... What are you going to say that's going to get you out of that out of that ticket? Nothing. You have no defense. You have no recourse. It is absolutely dangerous. I'm just surprised. And you know what? I could be being trolled. People might be sending me some bullshit emails giving me this, you know, a story that they're watching their iPods too or their MP3 players or whatever. Now, I believe the guy who gives me all the details about the DVD player because you got to be one mega troll to go into that kind of detail with that kind of specifics to explain that away. Having said that, folks, don't be like them. All right? Don't go watch a movie while you're driving. There's people. I'm out there driving. I don't want to get hit by you. No, I I am not going to give out the names of the people that emailed me. I will keep their confidentiality. Although, I, I think you're you're dumb as all hell. And you're going to get somebody killed eventually. So, Go to hell! Yeah. Alright, having said that, that gets that out of the way. Uh, I, You know what? I discussed this with Legal Tender at, at lunch. And he's like, see, I told you I'm not the only one. You thought I was nuts. Yeah, I still think you're nuts. I, I'm astounded. I really am. I mean, I... I Drunk driving and, and texting. Texting's no no different. That's illegal. It's probably not illegal to watch a movie while you're driving only because no one's ever thought of it. Somebody should. I should write my congressman, Dennis Kucinich, and tell him I expect it. I want legislation. You're not allowed to watch movies. I'm concerned about people watching porn while driving. At any rate... So we're a week removed now from BlizzCon. The hype has died down a little bit. People are starting to pick through the cataclysm. Speaking of which, he just walked in. What's up, Mim? Yes, I had dinner. Thank you. Go bake me a pie. I'm kidding. Yeah, see, it's a good thing we don't have a webcam because your evil looks would break it. Okay, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> Love you too, hon. Alright, we can go a little longer tonight since I'll, apparently I'll be sleeping on the couch. It's all good. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently I'm number one. Good to know. Number one in the ratings, number one in all. Anyway, it's, uh, people are starting to go through the cataclysm. They're starting to dissect now the specifics. The nuggets of information that have come out of BlizzCon. And to be honest, I think it's a little too early to get all hysterical about what we've been hearing. That stats are going to be removed. No, they're going to be changed. No, there's going to be a new and different way they're going to be utilized. Well, wait a minute. How is Deathwing back in the game? Didn't we decapitate him and put his head on a spike in the middle of our capital cities? How the hell is it that he's back? Uh, folks, really, don't look for any kind of real continuity in an MMORPG. Especially any game, uh, game specifically, designed by Blizzard. Alright, it's cool they've got lore and a background story, and that's all good. But the reality of the folks, they will change whatever they need to to continue on with the expansion. So, don't, some of you are getting all up in arms because Nefarious is coming. Deathwing is already dead! How is she coming back? Uh, 
just roll with it. I, I'm surprised by the negativity. I, I guess to me, this is the biggest story coming out of BlizzCon. It isn't so much, you know, we had a, a, a brief discussion on this in the last show, and I want to go into it a little more. I want to bring it back up. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, but I've been reading the forums, which, God help me, no one should ever do who wants to stay sane. But I've been reading the forums, looking at it, uh, reading some of the other websites that are, are, are tuned to World of Warcraft, not just ours, you know, at wcradio.com, World of Warcraft Radio. But uh, there's always going to be a segment of the population, I understand, which is going to be negative towards whatever any gaming company, Blizzard specifically, comes out They could come out tomorrow and say they're going to give everybody a thousand free gold, and there'd be somebody on the forums bitching about how it's going to ruin the in-game economy. I understand that. And I'm not going to make this into a Raider versus versus casual, like the last discussion turned into, a little rant. I'm just surprised. The, to me, like I said before, to me, the best part of World of Warcraft was the original game itself, while vanilla. I guess we'll call it. To me, it's much more interesting that they're revamping it. They're going to allow flight paths. They're going to, you know, they're going to change the landscape of the game. There's going to be a new city. The two new races, I, ha- I don't care about. And I, I said as much last time. The Goblin and the Wargan do not intrigue me. But you know what? That's fine. There's still plenty of this. And look, folks, this thing was just announced. Now, Blizzard has pissed me off enough times over the years, despite the fact that most of the gear I'm using is now Blizzard provided. My 30-inch Dell UltraSharp monitor I won from their Shoutcast competition this year. The nice Razer mouse that I'm using that I that I won in their uh, their Warcraft 3 play-by-play Shoutcast in, what, 2006, I think it was? Or 2007? The RAM in my computer is provided by them. The cool Nyko controller I have when I use my emulators, when I play those kind of games on, on my computer. That was from them. Cool mouse pad. The 25-foot... Cat 5 cable I have hooked up to the other computer down the hall of my of my uh, house here that I've got plugged into my network. And I appreciate all that. No, really, I do. And I thank them for it. But, but and I, I've still been pissed off with them with some of the things they've done and I've called them out on it. But you know what? I'm going to defend them on this. No, uh, okay. Uh, Wild Radio's asked me if I mistook Anixia for Deathwing. Well, no. Because uh, there's several dragons whose heads you can cut off and stake in the middle of the uh, capital cities. His being one of them. At any rate, that's besides the point. Give it a chance, folks. They just announced it, and people are up in arms. We're less than a week away. Now, granted, some of the stuff has been on the internet for a couple weeks, and people have had a time to digest it. We don't know how all the changes are going to come out. We don't know everything they have planned for the expansion. We're a year away before it comes out. Deathwing is dead. Yes, he is dead. Pretty much, for the most part. I'm being argued with. That's one of the things in the live show. People arguing about Deathwing. Uh, okay, I'm not going to get into the, into the uh, lore of it all. What the hell was it? It, it? it was this kid that we killed. One of the friggin' Black Dragons was killed. Whatever. I, you know what? And this is a post I'm reading out... Right now, in fact, I'm going to bring it up, because this is what prompted me to look at this. That's what kind of... That's one of the nice things, too, about the live shows. I can actually go right to what I was reading and address it right then and there. Of course, you think I would have had this pull up ahead of time. the hell did it go? I actually had a blue that responded to it, so I... I'm wrapping the forums! 
This is on the actual World of Warcraft official forums. Uh, da, 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 old instances, cataclysm. Wow, stuff moves fast in the forums. Okay, he has a lot of people posting. Here it goes. Nefarian returning. Quote, I am very curious about how they plan to explain away the return of a dragon whose head we severed and stuck on a pike hung from the rafters in our capital cities. The only explanation I can think of, Nefarious and Nefarian is an embry wind undead type. If so, he has to be headless. Yeah. So, there we go. At any rate. And then, of course, everybody's saying how they, everybody, you know, they killed him. So I assume they killed him. Me, the only thing I was ever in on, I, I helped kill Anixia. That's the only dragon I ever killed. Irregardless, what it comes down to is the key point is, just give it a chance. Before we hop on the Blizzard hate bandwagon, and trust me, it's a big bandwagon, we'll have plenty of time to jump on it later. Wait until we get more specifics on the Cataclysm before we start jumping off the nearest building. Because our online personalities are destroyed. God help us all. Yes, I know that's leading down the path to casual versus raider. And... But I put a lot of time and effort into my character to be the best it can be. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well. I'm being lectured on the difference between names. So that's just it. And that was my beef on that. Just give it a chance. Wait till we've got more information. Look, folks, if you're that pissed off about Cataclysm, then don't buy it. Enjoy the game. Either quit now and save the money because you know it's coming down the pipe. If you know the changes that are coming up, you're absolutely going to hate and it's going to ruin the game experience for you. Save your time and save your money now. Cancel your subscription. Save the 15 bucks. Save the time and the headache and don't play the game. There's plenty of other games coming down the pipeline that you'll be able to play. StarCraft 2, Diablo 3, a game I'll be covering here in a minute that I'm really excited about, etc., etc., etc. Not sticking with the Blizzard genre, you get the idea. No one's forcing you to buy the game. No one's forcing you to continue to play it. So, there we go. There's my uh, Blizz backing instead of bashing for a change. Kind of a cool article I was sent. It's on uh, ScienceDaily.com. And I tell you what, it's a real revelation to me. When I read this article, I, I was stunned. I, I knew none of this ahead of time. It came as a great shock. How this was not made known to the general population beforehand, I have no idea. My guess is if everybody knew these conclusions, that nobody would continue to play video games. Apparently... The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, Amori University, and Andrews and Andrews University recently did a survey. They recently had a scientific survey and study about the health of video gamers versus non-gamers. The conclusions will shock and scare you. Folks, sit down right now. In fact, go up, wait, go up the stairs, close the door to the basement, come back down, grab your blankie, wrap it around you, and huddle in fear while I read you their conclusions. If I had a drum roll right now, I would use it, but I don't. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, it is my sad duty to report to you that apparently those who play video games have are at higher risk for health problems than those that don't. I know. Let me give you a second for that to sink in. 
All right. Quote, The personal detriments examined in the study included self-assessments of depression, personality, health status, physical and mental health, poor quality of life, and body mass index, i.e., how much of a fat ass are you? It turns out immersion in media environments was evaluated using the participants' estimates of their time playing games, watching DVDs and TV, and spending time online. Of the people, of the 500 people they subjected this, 45, that's almost half, claimed to be gamers. So you know, at least another 15% were lying through their teeth when they said, No man, I don't play video games, I don't do that kind of thing. Men and women ages 19 to 90. I'd like to meet the 90-year-old who's playing video games. I... really. So what this comes down to is it turns out that those who play video games tend to be much fatter than those who don't, tend to be much more socially inept than those who don't. They tend to have... here it is. Quote, as hypothesized... yeah, no shit. Because anybody... these people spent money and research on this, but any... 12-year-old gamer can tell them! I knew this when I played Nintendo when I was a kid. That's why when I was I went outside and played sports. We got exercise other ways. But, quote, As hypothesized, health risk factors, specifically a higher body mass index, i.e., you're fat, and a great number of poor mental health days, dis- <laughs> differentiated adult video game players from non-gamers. What, it, what it, this basically includes to is people who are playing games have a lower self-esteem, they are much fatter, they are much lazier, they are much more prone to physical activity, women report having much more days of depression and lower self-esteem than men do in relation to video games. They also found out, and this is a shocker, is that those who spend a great deal of time, or a, a great deal of time on the internet beca- became more socially active only on the internet. They related their social lives to what was happening on the interwebs than they were in real life. Let's think about that for a second. I can go online and tell anybody that I'm a rich, multi-million dollar playboy bachelor who owns himself his own Lamborghini, has a mansion on the beach, and dates supermodels. Who's to tell me otherwise? I can do, say, and be whoever I want to be. I can be that fat-ass, pimply, antisocial homo at home loser who sits there in front of his computer and be anybody. I don't have to worry about the fact that I'm ugly or that I'm awkward or that I can't say the right thing or that I can't make friends for it. It's a natural... That's why we're on here, folks. As hypothesized, they spent money... And this this thing just reads all the different PhDs and eggheads that went in on this. Quote, There are noteworthy differences between the oldest forms of play, chase games, and today's play-like activities. These play-like activities may stimulate the right centers of the brain to be engaging. However, the difference between today's play-like activities and original forms, blah, 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 basically the games we play today make us much more fatter and lazy than we used to. People were much healthier 20 years ago when they weren't playing Pong. Good to know. I'm going to write an email to Atari tonight and blame them for any kind of health problem I have going forward. I wonder if we're going to see a class action lawsuit. You know how today in the United States, anyways, people are always filing these class action lawsuits, taking the uh, cigarette companies to the task, taking away millions because they didn't know. 
that cigarettes were a detriment to your health? What happens if, like, 10 years on the road, I get diabetes, I gain a lot of weight and gain diabetes, diabetes, and they cut my feet off or something? Does that mean I can go back and sue the companies for these video games, saying that they started an addiction, they didn't have a warning label on the side of Final Fantasy IV when I bought it as a kid, that told me, you will become fat and antisocial and nobody will be your friend if you play this game. I may not have actually taken that game and played Cecil all the way through the game if I had known it was going to cost me my feet, my life, my friends, and any chance I had at uh, a mate. Oh, you may think I'm being ridiculous, folks, and doing this for effect. You may just be sitting there home laughing, which is kind of the intended purpose. But mark my words, it would not surprise me if next week we have an article about some jackass who is suing the game companies because it made him fat. Or screwed up itself. They're suing fast food companies for this garbage. People are addicted to games all the time. People are addicted to World of Warcraft. Guess what, folks? It's not the game. It's the person. They have a compulsive order of some kind that, that requires them to do these kinds of things. A person who becomes addicted to the World of Warcraft, it may be simply that they become successful when they're playing this game, as opposed to real life where they are not as successful. Maybe they can be the cool hero that they always wanted to be, or show off to their e-friends. There's a million and one reasons why people play games and spend time on the internet. What surprises me is the fact that there's people out there who have actually spent the money, the time, and the effort, and put their names to this kind of research to go out there and say, guess what? If you spend lots of time indoors looking at a computer screen for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on end, chances are you will become fat and unhealthy. You'll become antisocial, and most of your life engagements will be coming through the computer. We knew this in 96 when we started playing Ultima Online, because I knew people who were addicted to the game, and for no other reason that they were gods in this game, whereas in real life, they were pretty normal. No, Nothing that would make them stand out. Yes, I see this has sparked a debate in IRC. I'm sure it's a... This is a discussion that, that has been carried on before, and it's one we probably need to have from time to time to remind us about it. I am under no illusions that what, what I do for a hobby nowadays is a detriment to my health. Like all things, there is something called moderation. It's the same thing with drinking. It's the same thing with anything that you... Any kind of activity you explore for your hobby or pleasure of any kind. It's all Moderation. If you get drunk all the time for the sake of getting drunk, eventually you'll become an alcoholic, you'll get cirrhosis and all... psoriasis, cirrhosis, cirrhosis of the liver, whatever. The point is you will affect your health. That's just one thing. If you're addicted to sex, eventually have a problem with that. If you're addicted to drugs, guess what? Eventually have a problem with that. Health-wise, socially-wise. It's the same thing with the computer. If you become addicted to what you're doing on the computer, eventually it's going to come back to bite you. Like I said, this should not be a revelation to anyone, but for some reason, it is. Now, yes, I understand that a lot of this is being done for effect. Yes, I understand these people are trying to get their name out there to put it on some kind of legitimate piece of research so they go out and get more money for more funding for whatever other project they want to do. The problem is, it's a real concern, it's a real topic. I guess what aggravates me is the fact that they're not telling us anything we don't already know. It doesn't... It gives the causes of, of what happens if you spend too much time online. I think 
what the real discussion here should be is the reasons why people tend to play as many video games as they do. These days, I know people who would rather play a video game regarding baseball than grab a mitt and a bat and head out to the local diamond. I know this because I find it very difficult to get pickup games to play baseball. Yes, I am an adult. Yes, my friends and I still get together, usually on Saturday mornings or afternoons, to play ball. If we can't play baseball, chances are we have a softball game scheduled for that day. So we are doing uh, that kind of activity. Now, having said that, this leads into a different story. This one comes from Gateline.com. And it's about a video game camp. Where basically it takes kids together. It takes kids. They go off to a, what's what's being termed as a... It's like a video game camp. Where you get to spend like... Uh, I think it's like a week. And they teach you all about the science of video games. How to design your own game. How to develop it. They get to create their own characters. They get to help create... You know, their own environment that the characters will exist in. You know, one kid made somebody that looks kind of like Rambo. And they have a mission where he has to go out and kill a bunch of loggers who are cutting down a forest. Because apparently Rambo is part of, you know, the environmental Nazi group. Alright? You know, it gives the kids, like, online names. One guy here is named Baron. Which very well could have been my brother, because he's like a 14-year-old, really. He just looks like a ugly adult. So, does that mean they're being detrimental by the, to these kids by sending them to a camp where they sit in front of a computer and they design video games, characters, environments, missions? I think it's phenomenal. I think it's fantastic. I think it's it's better to explain to a kid, just I mean, for a career, uh, well, I mean, I suppose you can make a career out of video gaming. A lot of people have. But I think it's far more interesting that they're actually teaching these kids about computer science and the way these games are developed, so they're actually walking with a bit of knowledge instead of just vegging out and playing a, a, a game. I mean, any idiot can play Halo 3 and just mash buttons, because, you know, that's what console gamers really are when you think about it, especially when it comes to first-person shooters. Hang on, I'll, I'll get to that rant later. Well, there, there we go, write that down. We have Emperor's Rant for tonight. I didn't have one, we do now. Console first-person shooters versus PC first-person shooter gamers. Yeah, thanks, Legal Tender. I, I just thought of you. You and uh, Rack Jeeve reminded me of this discussion we had a couple weeks ago. So we're going to rant about that at the end. In fact, uh, when Mystic Mem starts talking to me again, which will not be anytime soon, I imagine, we'll have to get her to do a, uh, a, a soundbite for the Emperor's rant. I know you guys want story time with Emperor, but... Anyways, we're getting derailed. We're getting, uh, getting off topic. Again, I think it's very interesting that they're sending these kids to camps, not so that they get into the habit of playing games, but they get into the habit, they can actually start exploring their interests. One of the reasons why I got into history so much, and I got my degrees in history, and I got my degree in economics, really stemmed from the games I played. When I was a kid, uh, my dad was a big history buff, and um, when he got out of the service, he started playing war games with a lot of his buddies, actual tabletop war games. And that, over time, of course, evolved into Atari computer war games, that kind of thing. That's what got me playing. Most of the games that I played were, were geared towards adults. Not to say that I'm any kind of, like, kid genius. That's not it. The games were more geared toward adults, and they were his- history-based. So I grew up playing games based on the Civil War, based on Napoleon, a thousand and one World, I'm sorry, uh, World War II games, a couple World War I games, you name it. 
you know, Colonial Conquest, uh, Race for the Rhine, uh, Operation Market Garden, Gettysburg, Waterloo, uh, Fields of Glory. Uh, the list goes on. And as I play these games, my passion for competition in games led to my passion of history. And it was that that got me into getting my degree from college, wanted to be a history teacher. Didn't work out that way. I went into work for the government, but the point is that my passion in gaming led to something completely different. The camp for these kids can very well be the same thing. Is that their interest in gaming leads to something else, whether that be you know graphics design, databasing, programming, who knows? Anything, it actually gives them somewhere to go with it. It's just not a dead-end door that's just blanket, empty, mindless entertainment. Which has its uses. So there's that. I mean, you have one leading to another. But this, I mean, no one in this, within the sound of my voice is going to be stunned to find out that playing a great deal of video games, spending a great deal of time online is going to hurt you in the long run. It's moderation. Rather than sitting in front of your keyboard for eight hours playing a game, get up, go outside, jog around the, the block for once. Take a walk. It's not that hard. Half an hour. Listen to your iPod. My job consists of standing in front, sitting in front of a computer on and off for eight hours a day. Most of my stuff is computer-related. When I get home, the last thing I want to do necessarily is play video games. And a lot of times I don't. Ask the guys in the clan. They don't see me as much. I go out and do something else. I play with the, the little one or, you know, go out and throw the baseball. Something. I do something physical. That's my moderation. That's how I do it. I'm limited to what I can do these days because, you know, of injuries, but that's neither here nor there. See, actual size says he takes his dog for a walk. There you go. Rover gets a nice walk, so do you. You get the bond with your canine. I used to walk my cat. Now I walk my dogs on occasion. I have a pit bull named Niles. And I have a... I don't know what the hell she is, but she's Heidi. I should post some pictures of them. It's, they're kind of funny. Niles is a pit bull, but he's spotted like a cow. White with black spots. He's got little pig ears, and he snores like a pig, but he eats like a goat. True story. Heidi's just fat. Nobody cares about your dog's name, actual size. He's like, my name, my dog's name is this. No. No, it's not. Nobody cares. So, you know, Toxifier says, to be honest, gaming became a refuge for me because he was bullied as a kid. You know what? I'm sure there's a lot of people say the same thing because, you know what? Maybe you are getting bullied at school, but guess what? You're not going to bully me when you play Warcraft 3 when I beat your ass like a drum. Okay? Or in World of Warcraft, when I, you know, kick the hell out of some dragon and there's 40 people who love me for it. You know, I'm on EVE Online, I command a starship. Well, you know, that's an escape. And even he said it eventually becomes a crutch uh, to lack social skills. People get through it. I mean, either do or you don't. Oh, poor actual size thing, he's crying. Ah, that's why I love live shows. I have to kind of do them unannounced because I didn't actually... I don't plan ahead of time to do them at a specific time. The entire idea of doing the Emperor's Court was that I could do it any time I wanted as long as it was up on a certain day. So, I, I do miss doing the live shows. One, it's easier, and two, it's always more interesting. <laughs> so... But you know what? That's that's the truth of it. You know I, know, I know some people that are like that who had a rough time, not necessarily in school, but in everyday life, for a variety of reasons. Uh, the specifics aren't important, but the fact is 
they found an outlet in the through the internet or gaming or both. And it's one thing. It's one reason why I don't trust role players. I know Kexman always try to try to explain that to me. The the benefits of role playing. Like no, no, man. If you really think you're a night elf chick, then you've got issues. Like deep seated, close the closet and lock it issues. I don't want to hear about it. So that's my that's that's my general mistrust for role player. That's a, that's a rant for another time. Write that down. We need a, a an epic emperor rant on role playing weirdness. Like, no man, you're not a dwarf. I mean, maybe you are, but you're not an orc. Put down the axe for the horde. I love people that are in everyday life to walk around. Do you play Warcraft? Yeah, I play for the horde. Kind of look both ways, make sure nobody heard you. Kind of back away, like, dude, what? Who are you? Do you say whore or horde? I, I gotta go. These people kind of embarrass me. I, you know what I'm talking about. You know, maybe you're at college, or maybe you're at work, and you find out that somebody, some random person, or maybe somebody you know plays, you know, Warcraft. Oh, you're with the horde. You know, I hate you, hordies. What? For the alliance. It's like you kind of again do the double take. Nobody heard that, right? Nobody knows I'm one of you weirdos, right? Yeah. Don't do that. Hey, you know, don't give the little grunt, little fist pump, like, FOR THE whore, little fist pump. No, don't. Uh, you know, that's fine if you want to talk about what faction you, you play for, what server. That's cool, uh, but you know what? Uh, don't go all gung-ho like somehow you're really, you know, Agram Doomhammer reincarnate. No, man, I am. I play on Mac Theridan, for I am the great undead mage! Insert name here. FOR THE whore. No. No, you're not. You're John from Accounting, you've got a lisp, and you smell, and you just embarrass the hell out of everybody in the lunchroom because you're screaming at the top of your lungs for the horde. Okay, this guy in, in IRC is saying he's seen people attack for being Alliance at his university. Now, I, screenshots where it didn't happen. There's got to be an article in a local newspaper that would have, you know, four teens were kicked the hell out of at the university of such and such. For the World of Warcraft game. And next thing you know, we're going to find out that people who join clans are actually in gangs. That's the next evolution of, of, of this madness. Is that clans are, are, are just an online version of gangs. And you know what? To a degree, I guess that's true. Yeah, we, we, we sell raid slots and we sell you know gear to people. It's just like stealing crack on the streets of Cleveland. Instead of the Bloods, you're like, Spaceballs, the guild. We're dealing in loot. Yes, photos instead of screenshots. My God, people! It's a discussion. Ah, Xavier Hawk, you're funny. I'm not reading that over the air. While readers like, Koreans take MMOs very seriously. I know, I've heard the articles where some guy got kicked out of his EverQuest guild and he went and hung himself, and one guy knifed another guy because he took his virtual sword. I understand that. And this goes back to the earlier discussion that people take stuff too far. That's when you really start living through your character. When you really start to believe you are that avatar on screen, there is a sincere issue that you have to deal with. But you know what? It's not a problem of the game. And it's, just, it's my opinion about you know, when it comes to guns. You know, the gun doesn't shoot somebody, the person pulling the trigger. This is no different. Alcohol doesn't kill people, it's a person putting it down their gullet. In my opinion, this is the same way. The internet is not forcing you to be an anti-social chubby who's a metric or a donut short of a metric ton. All right, 
you're doing it to yourself. That's just the way it is. I can just see the emails you're going to get about, you're, you're comparing online guilds to gangs? Yeah. I hope you folks get the analogy I'm making in the tongue-in-cheek comments. You'd be surprised. I should actually read some of the, the true emails I get. Sometimes I think people are trolling, and sometimes I believe people legitimately think I am just that far out there. Like the dude who thought I was an IRA supporter. That was on my other show that airs on Friday nights. The Esports Empire with Emperor. 9 to 11 Eastern Standard Time. I just gave myself a plug. Pat myself on the back. Yeah, good job. Speaking of which, I don't know what I have planned for tomorrow. Today's Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. I do have a show Friday. I don't know what I'm going to do, though. I had something lined up, but it fell through, as it usually does. Getting people to play clan matches and league matches is like herding cats on the internet. Maybe that's maybe that's another uh, an aspect of it too on the internet. Everybody thinks they're a hard ass. You ever notice that? Everybody is a hard ass online. And you know how these fights normally go. Oh, I kicked your ass. Oh, I owned you so hard. Followed by, well, at least I don't sit on the computer and play all day. Which of course is followed by, oh, I'm six foot five, two hundred pounds, and ripped like a god. Followed by the. Well, I bench press 400 pounds, and if I knew where you live, I'd fly to your house and kick your ass. Which, of course, is followed by, Yeah, I took jujitsu and I know kung fu, and I've got a gun. Yeah, look, if this conversation seems familiar, it's because you've probably had it a million times. I know I've had. It's a set pattern. Uh, these days, I don't think anybody actually believes it. I think they just kind of have to go with it. It's, it's just part of the culture. You have to see it through the end. You know, first he says one up, then you mention his mother, and you go from there. It's like a refined art. It's like lead speak. It's just something that just kind of came up. Like I said, I know I'm not the only one who's had that conversation a billion times. Yeah, I've seen the... Somebody's referring to, and I've seen it on Penny Arcade, but somebody's scientific theory that, uh, you know... A person acting on the internet anonymously with an audience equals, you know, I think it's like fuckwad, it's what they call them. But yeah, it's essentially that. I noticed that we're running out of music here for the background. Apparently, I, either I didn't pull it out enough or I pulled it out, didn't set it up correctly, because I've got more here to talk about than I have music, so I've got to kind of drag things in there. So if you hear a couple songs that are replayed that, you know, you already heard, uh, just roll with it. I just toss them right in there. Yeah, there we go. I just added about 10 minutes to the show. In fact, I'm going to grab a drink while I'm thinking of it. Thank you, Xavier Hawk. John Gabriel's Greater Internet Fuckwad Theory. That, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. The problem is it's pretty widespread. I mean, it happens to everybody. So there's that. Now, I tell you what, uh, uh, something I'm looking forward to on a positive note. From now on, I'm going to try and end the shows on a positive note rather than the rant. I know everybody wants to hear me rant and rave and scream, and that's funny and all, but I kind of feel bad later because I don't like being this negative. I do that in everyday life. It's like, eh, we've got these uh, things you got to do. Yeah, I don't want to do them. You know, these people need you to, to handle this. Yeah, I don't want to do it. 
Let them handle it themselves. Let them eat cake. You're so negative. Yeah, it's because I don't like you. I hate people. I'm antisocial now. Only because I've been too social, I've seen too much of the world, met too many people, I hate all of you. It just makes it so much simpler. I mean, I look at all of you and... Trying is the first step towards failure. So I just don't anymore. I don't try to get to know anybody. I, I just don't care. I, I just look at you and I think... Go to hell! And I roll with it. So, I, I mean, I, I look at, like, Xavier Hawk and I just think... You suck. Okay, that's half funny and half a reason for me to play a bunch of sound clips. How'd you all like my Darkwing Duck clips from the last one? Everybody likes Darkwing Duck. And for those who don't know who that is, you were obviously shut in as a child. Anyways, one of the things I'm kind of looking forward to is, uh... <clears throat> Creative Assembly just announced a few days ago a trailer that has been showing on GameStop and also on TotalWar.org. It is a trailer It starts off cloudy and there's some music playing. And then out of the mists is this man. And he's in a military uniform with several medals on his chest. And he goes on to explain how nobody thought that anybody could ever conquer Italy. Nobody could ever, you know, take down Egypt or tame Russia. But he did all of that. And now no one says a word that he has no equals and that he is the a force of nature, a god of thunder and death. And I'm like, hot damn, I've been waiting years for this kind of game. Finally. Finally, I'm going to have a simulator to take my passion from history that came from my passion in gaming, put them together in a giant orgy of passion that will require me to quit my job, hook myself up to an IV, and become one of those antisocial, overweight fatties we just talked about ten minutes ago. Creative Assembly has announced that there will not be an expansion to Empire Total War as we had all assumed. From everything we've seen so far and read, although there has been very little, it looks like a standalone game called Napoleon Total War will be released in February of 2010. They have apparently revamped, they've taken the engine, they've revamped all the, the uh, graphics and some of the game mechanics on uh, the Empire Total War engine. Kicked it up to the Empire or to uh, the Napoleonic era, and you're going to fight all the major battles in the Napoleonic Wars, either as Napoleon's French or as one of his opponents. There will also be a campaign map. They've updated all the different uh, abilities and different looks in the naval warfare. It looks phenomenal. And I've only seen like three screenshots. <laughs> I have been waiting for a good simulation, a, a, a miniature simulation of the Napoleonic Wars forever. This damn beat to StarCraft 2. I don't. If, if this thing comes out and it's playable, and I'm not talking needs a million and one patches to play, if it's game ready, balanced, I am ready to go to hell with StarCraft 2. I don't even know if I'll buy the game until I get bored, which I won't. You will see me marching the Imperial Guard through the streets of London as I burn things down on my way over to the hovel that Total Biscuit lives in so I can knock on the door and say, you suck. There's something. No, I, for those who obviously don't know, I would imagine you pretty, pretty much figured it out at this point, Napoleonic Era is one thing I studied a great deal in college. It's kind of the area I focus most of my attention. I'm a great admirer of that time period. It's very fascinating to me. 
the personalities, the storylines, the epicness of the war. Yes, war is terrible. People dying, blah, 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 blah. Save the, the bleeding heart crap for somebody who cares. I don't. It happened 150 years ago. I look at it through a pair of rosy glasses. It's romanticized. I don't give a damn. I think it's fascinating. I think it's, it's one of the last wars that war was used as an art form. Yeah, I know that might be a controversial statement, and I don't really want to get into it, but you know what I'm talking about. Whereas, you know, the American Civil War might have been the last gentleman's war. I think the war in the Napoleonic Wars was the last art form, where everybody had a different colored uniform. There was reds and blues and greens, and everybody, everybody had a band, and they all had their specific music, and everybody had their specific standard and flag, and everybody marched the same. And it wasn't just national pride, it was everything, the, the Penelope of War. That's what it all comes down to. It's it's everything. There's just something that that at least for me I find just exciting and intriguing to see, uh, you know, a, a chess. No, yeah, I guess a chess piece battle set where I look out over a map or I look out over a field. In this case, a game, and I see 20 or 30 units, blocks of soldiers arrayed in perfect formation, you know, and wearing the different standards of their unit. And they look across the field and opposing them are 80,000 of the ex- of their opponents, of, their, of the enemy, in the exact same format. There's cavalry, infantry, and all kinds of different artillery. And there's everything that goes to it. It's just, to me, it's very entertaining. It's some, And this is what I'm looking forward to Napoleon's Little Warriors. It's going to give that kind of experience where you're, and apparently you're going to be able to command up to 10,000 individual units on the map. That's insane! and lost them in a giant war against somebody else. I can't wait to crush the hell out of the people in my clan and anybody else I come across online. It, it's a blend of... Uh, it's about as close to actual history as I'm ever going to get to. So, yeah, Napoleon Total War is supposed to come out winter of, of 2010. I'm guessing February. Traditionally, I believe February, March is when Creative Assembly usually brings their games out. So it's the blend of the period of history I studied in college when I got my degree and what my actual personal interest is in with one of my personal hobbies. It's a mesh of the two. And I'm hoping it works, because there's been games like it before. Talonsoft made a bunch of different uh, uh, Napoleonic games that were very popular. Uh, Spectrum made Fields of Glory, which is a great miniatures game. For the old, I think it was like for the, it was for a PC, I forget, like a Pentium 2. Years ago, you can probably find it online somewhere as an emulator. It's long since out of print. I know uh, Electronic Arts was the uh, distributor of it, publisher. Yes, I probably got off on a tangent about the time period and all that, but again, to me, it's just, it's it's something I've been waiting for. It's a game I've been looking and hoping to be made and made well. And so far, Creative Assembly, by and large, has not disappointed with at least the way it looks and the way their games feel. You know, Commanding Roman Armies was great. Commanding crusading armies all over Europe. That's great. This is something different. If you're a history buff like me, you're counting down the days until February, man. I'm kind of feeling nostalgic. And I'm feeling nostalgic for a couple reasons. Uh, not just uh, the discussion tonight or the, the games we used to play way back in the day. But recently, uh, and I, I believe I may have mentioned this, I might have a couple of shows ago, I don't remember. Uh, there's a game called Final Fantasy IV After Years. 
And I'm speaking to mainly uh, people of my generation, the Nintendo and Atari generation, who, you know, had the old Super Nintendo that played the original Final Fantasy games, like Final Fantasy IV, or here in the States, Final Fantasy II. And I'm actually getting into it quite a bit. And here's how it works. You have to, it's WiiWare, so you have to buy it on the Nintendo Wii, download it to your machine, and you can play it. And the first chapter is about four and a half, five hours worth of gameplay. You take command of some of the original characters from the game. Actually, you take command of the, the son of Cecil and Rosa, the two main characters from the original game. They've got a son, and it starts where he's trying to become a knight like his father, etc., etc. Kind of cliche. He wants to walk in his father's footsteps. People expect it of him. He doesn't really want to, but he's going to do it his own way. And, and the things kick back. They, things restart like they did. A second moon appears, all the monsters reappear, and the storyline it, it's kind of almost like a half remake, half sequel of the original game. All of the original characters in there, all the, the original map, the original music has been tweaked a little bit, the airships are there. I'm trying not to give away too much of the plot. To me, it's been so far pretty intriguing. Now, granted, if you didn't play the original Final Fantasy IV, you may not care for it. Because it's made in the exact same style as the Super Nintendo. Same graphics, same engine, same moves, same music, although kind of tweaked a little bit. Same everything. Same characters, same gra- I mean, uh, well, I already said characters, but uh, same items, same armor. Now, there are new characters that are playable that have been added in with offshooting storylines, but you download the original storyline for 8 bucks, And then, right now, there are seven different characters who also have their own chapter in the story. That's about four hours of gameplay each. And then you can buy each individual chapter for 3 bucks, and then I believe in two weeks they have the finale, which brings all the chapters together in one big epic finale, and you play through the end of the storyline. So far, I've played uh, through two of the character chapters in the main story so far. And it's been fun. It's been a blast. Then again, I'm a big mark for the Final Fantasy series. Most of them. And this was one of my favorites. So it was very easy for me to, to kind of get back into that role back when I was like 10 or 11 playing this kind of game. I mean, you can save it anytime you want, walk away, come back, sit down, follow the storyline. The, the game basically takes you through it. It's linear, just like it always is. Like most Final Fantasy games. So I can do whatever. I mean... I don't have to do a whole lot for the story to progress. I just follow it, and I have a lot of fun doing it. But it's kind of good, too, to revisit all those old characters. It's like a... It's kind of like a good book that you haven't read for years and years and years. And it's a great story that you kind of never wish would end. And then one day you find out it didn't end. It now continues. It just costs you 8 bucks and $3 for every extra installment. And there's some funny parts in there, and, and they've, they've added a couple new systems to it. Uh, there's, I mean, the way the moon now has moon phases, if it's a full moon or a, you know, a new moon or whatever, uh, your attack may increase, your black magic may increase, your white magic may decrease. Certain characters do different things, certain you know, monsters become much more difficult. There's a, there's a variety of other things to it that kind of give away the storyline. I'm not going to go into it right now. But considering the expense of it for that kind of throwback entertainment, to me, it's well worth it. And I have very little use for the Nintendo Wii personally. That's I bought it for my daughter. Well, she earned the money, and then we bought it for her. 
she's the one who plays most of it. Actually, she plays a couple of games, Mario Kart being one of them, the Wii Sports, uh, bowling. Got a lot of responses on the on the Mario Kart, too. Last week, uh, my Emperor's rant was all about how the uh, Nintendo Wii uh, experience we have was kind of ruined by the fact that somebody, some jackass actually hacked Mario Kart Wii while my daughter and I were playing. Who the hell would, would actually hack a little kid's game is beyond me. And I, I got some very good responses on that. In fact, we're going we're gonna to click off the music here. And I'm going to bring up one of our uh, email or our audio emails. We'll get them out of the way now. And I hope I've got the right one here. So we're going we're gonna to pop it in here. This is by uh, Theron- yeah, Theronis. I think this one sent in. So here we go. It's Theronis here. And I just wanted to respond to your topic of last week where you talked about the Wii Mario Kart getting hacked and your daughter being really upset. Um, I, I've also been playing FPSs, as you know, um, and I mean, it, I totally expect it when I go into Counter-Strike anymore because BAC sucks. But yeah, it it's really weird to see this happening on like a child's game where you can't go in and freaking just play a game. The other problem I have is that I, I looked up the way to do this, and it you have to install a hack on the Wii, which is Homebrew. And not only is Homebrew the way to cheat in Wii Mario Kart, but this also brings up the issue of piracy on the Wii. You know what, and that's a good point, Theranos. And, and you know what, and I, I did look, like I said last week, I did actually look up the ways in order to hack mainly because I wanted to see if there was any actual way to prevent it. I didn't think so. There really isn't. You can't stop it once somebody's actually doing it. But, and this goes back to, to the earlier topic from The Last Emperor's Court. You have, What actually had to happen is somebody had to sit down, look at it, and say, you know what, if I play around with this, if I create my own software, my own program to hack into this, I can alter the game any way I, uh, you know, I wish. Which I'm sure is the same way anything goes. You know, any hacker approaches any game. The difference is this: you don't get anything for winning Mario Mario Kart Wii. You can't talk to anybody. You can't communicate to anybody. So you can't rub it in their face that you won. The ranking system means absolutely nothing. There's no competitions. You're not getting into a tournament. You're not playing for money. You're not playing for bragging rights. There's no you know, downloadable replays of your race. The only way you do it is because either you're so insecure and you suck that bad that you can't win in a kid's game, that you have to alter the advantages and everything in your favor, or B, you're just a grade-A asshole who wants to go out there and ruin everybody else's experience. And that pretty much goes for hackers and cheaters of any kind, of any shade, in any game. You know, and that brings up exactly the right point. He says, I believe that it's the feeling that they've disrupted other people's fun. They get off on that. And you know what? I bet the majority of them that's the case. It's not so much a competition aspect as the fact that they know that they've destroyed somebody else's five minutes of fun. Sometimes that's what my daughter and I like to do. We like to sit down and play a daddy-daughter game of Mario Kart Wii, drive around with our Mario characters that I've known for years, and she's just becoming accustomed to, and have some fun. But when you can't drive two feet, 
when you spend 10 minutes on the same race and you can't get out of it until the race is over, other than shutting off the entire system, which isn't good for it, I might add, because somebody's essentially camping you, it's just pathetic. It really is. Now, I, I'm not going to go into the whole piracy uh, thing that Therese brought up. I, And it may be a little hypocritical. I don't have as big a deal with piracy. I don't do it myself. Because, you know, it's akin to stealing. But I'm not going to, you know, jump all over somebody for that. As opposed to, you know, cheating in a video game. One has actual, you know, ramifications in the real world, you know, economically. If I'm stealing somebody's songs, that means I'm not going to buy their music. I, I don't necessarily think that's always the case. You know, I went and bought out a, a cool Sammy Davis Jr. CD that I probably wouldn't have because I heard a song on the radio. Essentially, that's the same thing. I'm not going to spend my time looking for and downloading 20 individual songs of Sammy Davis Jr. only because I don't know which ones I like and which ones I don't. I don't know which ones... I'm not going to do the research to find out all his hit songs. To me, it's much easier to go to the store, plop down 10 or 15 bucks, buy up a CD that's got all of his hits on it and have the, you know, the whatever it is, the essential theme or the essential collection of Sammy Davis Jr. Or Frank Snatcher or Bobby Darren or Dean Martin or, you know, Mel Torme or Tony Bennett or Nat King Cole. The list goes on. I'm a big band guy. I like lots of music, but, you know, big band being a lot of it. You get the idea. I'm not going to jump on. I'm not going to do the piracy thing. So, yeah, is it hypocritical? I suppose that I, I don't have a problem with one versus another. Anyways, I, I see we're over the one-hour mark again. See, I just get running at the mouth, and... All right, we have another question we have to get to. Here, Hawks from the RC channel. I was just wondering if you've heard of this new game, Kingdom Under Fire 2, coming out soon. It looks like a really fun hybrid action real-time strategy game. I know you like Bladestorm, the gameplay is like that, with a really deep storyline and competitive online play. The trailer for the game looks fantastic. I want to know your thoughts on it. Keep up the good work. Xavier Hawk out. Alright, Xavier Hawk. Uh, I actually looked this game up uh, based on recommendation because I didn't know a great deal about it. I, I, I dabbled with the first installment in the series. For those who don't know, Kingdom Under Fire 2, like he mentioned, is kind of like a Bladestorm type of game. Like a Dynasty Wars, like a Bladestorm, but it looks like it's more story-driven. In Bladestorm, you, you, you took missions, you either fought for the French or the English, and there was a storyline that you followed or you didn't. It was up to you. It was like a Final Fantasy Tactics type game where there was a storyline that you didn't have to necessarily have to go by. All right, And there's been other successful games like that. Bladestorm, FFT, Wing Commander, Privateer was like, I love Privateer. That was a phenomenal game. Loved that game. At any rate. I looked into it, I watched the trailer, I've read up on it. It looks like a more story-driven version of Bladestorm, with necessarily not so much the squad-based action. And this is judging by the trailer, it's going to be more like Dynasty Warriors in that regard. To me, that's great. The reason I like Dynasty Warriors is I already know the storylines and the backstories of all the characters because I've read the books. I've studied that time in history, so I know what they're doing. I've played the Romance of Three Kingdoms war games, so the characters and generals are familiar to me. From that point on, it's button-mashing fun with some really, really badass music. Bladestorm, much the same way. I know the characters, I know the history of the Hundred Years' War, I know you know the motivations of the different players, the different characters in the game. Also, with some awesome, awesome music. I'm big on the video game music thing, as I'm sure you're aware of that. 
having heard in the background, which I now have to play because I realize I don't have any more playing. There we go. We'll just set that up there on there. Alright. If it is... If it's half the game that Bladestrom was, and it's got a decent storyline, I don't care if it's fantasy-based or not, then I'll definitely give it a try. I'll definitely pick it up. That's my only concern, is is I don't need another Dynasty Warriors or another Bladestorm mis mishmash. I, I don't care, simply because I'm not going to invest the time and the effort into following the characters, learning their backstories, if it's going to be pick your missions and follow a, a, a very loose story base. I don't have to do that in the other history ones because I know all of it. I know what happens in the end. You know? I know the outcome of the Hundred Years' War. I know the outcome of the Three Kings period of China. That type of deal. You know, I know what happens to the Warring State periods of Japan, the Samurai Warriors. Get that game. Alright. So, I, I'll keep an eye on it. It, it. It's probably something that I'll rent. I, see, some people believe that the renting business is actually dead. That it, it's pretty much gone the way of the Dodo. That there's just not either buy it or you don't. Or you pirate it. I know at least one guy at work pirates everything. Movies, games, music, everything. He probably has a Jolly Roger that he flies like one of those little, those little, have you ever seen like sports, those sports flags you put on your car? You hang them out your window, it's like a little, you know, five inch flag. I, I would not be surprised if he has a Jolly Roger flag tied to, you know, his, in, his antenna on his car. That's how much pirating this guy does. I personally believe the renting business is not dead. There is a market for it. You know, like a game taps, or you go to your local whatever the hell game store you got. You rent a title, you play it for a day or two, you see if you like it. If you like it, you go out and buy it. Hell, if you just want to keep renting it and play it all the way through, there's that option as well. Me personally, I tend to like games. I like to actually have them. I used to sell quite a few back then. I know Baron does too. I still does. But he used to sell some games. I remember. Side. Okay, this is a side story. It has nothing to do with the current conversation. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, when in its heyday, was a very limited release, as it turned out. And after about a year, the game had become very popular with a very, uh, a very devout following. And a lot of people wanted to get their hands in the games, but for whatever reason. You know, Squaresoft did not issue that many copies of the game. Now, later, they would kind of ruin the market for what I was doing by releasing it as the greatest hits, the $20 game for the PlayStation. But I went around to every uh, to every one of these uh, video stores, like um, Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, ones like that, who would rent the games out, and they would, after so many years or so many months, flush out their video game library as they brought in new games, new updated titles. So I would buy up all their used Final Fantasy Tactics for like five, ten bucks. Xenogears was another one by Squaresoft. I bought up a ton of them. They had them at a, uh, a Toys R Us for like forty bucks. Brand new, they had eight of them. So I would go home, I'd throw them up on eBay, and I would sell them for like a hundred bucks. Go to the store the next day, buy the title, and send it away. Go home, put up another auction, sell for a hundred bucks, go to the store the next day, buy it, send it out. I would call up every place in my location that was in driving distance, and I was selling Final Fantasy Tactics between 60 and 90 bucks for a used copy. Because you couldn't find them anywhere. I still have my original, and I have my original uh, strategy guide, which is falling apart, and thank God for it, because... 
I wouldn't be able to figure out. And this is back before you know GameFacts.com. The rest of them existed. You pretty much had to get a, you know, God, I sound old, don't I? You pretty much had to get the strategy guide, or you were lost. But some of the games I think were designed specifically that way. Can't realize that working for Babbage's for years, a couple years. So I will definitely take a look at Kingdom Under Fire when it comes out. Whether or not I'll buy it, that remains to be seen. We'll see. Which leads us finally to our rant of the day, the Emperor rant. And I do not have a graphic for it or a, a soundbite. I will get one. I think it, it deserves it. Speaking of Final Fantasy music, Final Fantasy IV. What do we got coming up for music-wise? Are we almost out of the queue? Yeah, I think I threw a little too much on there. Alright, here's my rant. This is more like an op-ed type deal. This is completely my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. I had a discussion with some buddies. Legal Tender, Rat Chief, Melee being the two. At lunch, several weeks ago, or maybe it was about a month ago. You see, Legal Tender's a big Xbox fan. Big console gamer. And he swears by the credentials of Halo 3 being the pinnacle of first-person shooters. I could not disagree more. Later on, I would have this exact same conversation in my office area with another co-worker whose online name I don't know and therefore will not use his real one, who said much the same thing, not in regards to Halo, but into other first-person shooter-type games. Their argument is that these games teach much better teamwork and they're much more competitive and it takes a lot more skill to use a controller versus, say, using a mouse and keyboard. Really. My personal opinion is this. Anybody, any first-person shooter, any game out right now for the PC using a mouse and keyboard would beat the snot out of anybody playing Halo. Let's say it was feasible to link the two together, because I know I think Team Fortress tried doing it and it didn't work out. Let's see it was feasible that you could have somebody using a controller, a console controller versus somebody using a mouse and keyboard. There would be no competition. The person playing console games would get smoked like a cigarette. It'd be like a Clinton cigar, done and gone and over with. And don't tell me the competition on Halo 3 is better than it is in Team Fortress, in Counter-Strike, in Quake, in Quake Wars, in Unreal Tournament. Pick one and go with it. Because you use a controller does not mean you have more... Well, you have to be more accurate to hit your target. Well, that's because you're using... It's like Woodrow Wilson said about golf. You're playing a game whose instruments are designed for the worst possible outcome. They're using tools that were not designed for the, the game that you're playing. I can be much more accurate using a mouse. I can be much more responsive using a keyboard. I can hop around you using that keyboard. I can kick your ass. People play games like Halo because they don't have the skill to hang online on PCs with the other real first-person shooters. There's a reason that Doom and Quake and those kind of games and Wolfenstein 3D evolved on the PC and not on the console first. Now it says it's not skill, it's playing with a limitation. Yes, and he, he says, have you tried circle strafing on a console? It's impossible. And that's my point. 
If you compare the two, there isn't one. There's much more skill involved in using and playing a PC game than a console. Not just because you can do more, but because you're open to much more. In the competition, you're playing any idiot can buy a console, pop in a game and play. It takes a man. Or woman, if you're from the Psycho Men Slayers. The Frag Dolls. To build your own machine and play. And that's their beef is, oh, well, no one plays that because nobody wants the hassle of having to update the machine every six months for the latest game. Uh, to me, that's a cop-out. Your reaction time playing a PC game is much higher than that of a console. You have to be a Twitch player in a lot of these games. You have to have a steady hand and fast reflexes. In Halo 3, you hop inside of a vehicle and you run somebody over. That's hard! Or what's the one you say? I could snipe a guy from the, across the map. Well, there's other games you can do that too. Not very often as accurately, but yes. So, no. Console first-person shooters, uh, those kind of gamers do not have the same, the same skill set as a PC gamer. If you put the two together, I will take a first-person shooter PC gamer any day of the week on equal footing. The reaction time is faster. I'm guessing their accuracy has got to be uh, at least as good, if not better. And the competition, I think, is a lot stiffer. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you Call of Duty and Halo freaks out there, you swear by the Xbox. I, I don't know of how many a huge... Yeah, there are some Halo tournaments. Nobody cares. Now, I know I'm, I am alienating all my console listeners. Well, yeah, tough shit. And this is in relation to console gamers. Or, or uh, first-person shooters. There are other genres... There's no good button-mashing fighting game on the PC like there is on consoles, like your Street Fighters and your Dynasty Warriors and your adventure games. Each one has their benefits and, and their detractors. Trust me when I tell you, though, first-person shooters and RTS games are not designed for a console. They keep making them and they keep failing. The only decent RTS games... I ever played on a console where things like Warsaw, Langrisir, like Tactics Ogre, where it's turn-based. You just, you can't be fast enough and react enough to get anything out of it. So that's my mini, mini rant there. Now, here's how you can get in contact with me, should you wish to. People apparently found that rather funny, I'm not sure why. Uh, okay, I'm being I'm being told that you can't have a real-time strategy that's turn-based. Yes, you can. If you played Langer's here, if you played Warsong, if you played any of those, Herzog's Way is another one. That's not, You know, Herzog's Way wasn't too bad of an RTS. It's one of the first ones, and it wasn't bad. But yet you do, where you actually get to set up your, your moves, and you let your characters go, and the armies fight them, fight each other. Then you can give, like, one or two commands to, to correct them, or, or you know, doing what they're, what they're... giving them their orders, their tactics... You know, Xavier Hawks told me Kingdom of Fire was a great console, you know, RTS. Maybe there are a couple out there, because I'm just thinking Airsog's Way is not bad either. Shining Force, eh... But then you look at the, at the RTSs for the console series, and what do you got? I mean, think about it. Supreme Commander, Command and Conquer, Red Alert, Dawn of War, Starcraft, Warcraft... Uh, Age of Empires. Uh, stop me when I, you know, I go too far. 
I think you get my I think you get my uh, a point. So there you have it. You know what? PC RTS players are better than console ones too. Although, like I said, there are a couple good console games. They are few and far between. They are exceptions, not the rule. Man, my throat's starting to go. It's a good thing we're at the end of the show here. All right. Now, here's how you can get in contact with me. Okay, somebody is IRC telling me the, uh, the RTS I just named suck. I just named every huge, just huge, best-selling RTS title for the PC. All right, jackass, tell me what RTS in the PC is good if those aren't. Ha! I said, oh, wow. Okay, you go D-bag. I said Command & Conquer. Write it down. At any rate, here's how you can get in contact with me, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to. Ed. We're probably heading into the... Do we got to hit the post game now? Yeah, I guess we do. Oh, but this is the theme song to Bladestorm, so I kind of want to let it roll. So I guess we're going to have to stall for another 40 seconds. <laughs> no, I'm actually going to stay silent here. Back to BlizzCon. Let's let's touch on this really quick. For those who did not get all the cool BlizzCon coverage from DirecTV and missed a lot of the panels and stuff, it is being archived, our coverage of it, on WCRadio.com, World of Warcraft Radio, because we had people on the ground there live, as I'm sure you listened to our coverage last week. And if you did not, go and download and watch it. It is there in its entirety for your enjoyment, so you can get all the cool information that you think you lost or missed. All right, hit the post game. All right. Wow, we went almost another hour and a half. We may have to extend this show. I haven't pulled it out for an hour. but All right, folks. Real quick, here's how you can get in contact with me. If you want to comment on any and everything you heard this evening, if you maybe have a comment or a topic that has not been covered, you've got a news article that I just have to see, you may email me at emperor at wcradio.com or you can send me an audio email to that same address in an MP3 format. Please make it no longer than one minute at most. Make your comments. Uh, obviously, make them... Well, I guess legible wouldn't be the right word, but enunciate properly so I know what the hell you're saying. Some of you guys are eating your mic. Some of you guys are sending very bad, you know, poor quality sound. The good rule of thumb is if you play it back through your headphones and you can understand what you're saying, then I can understand what you're saying. Go ahead and send it in. So there's your rule of thumb. Use whatever kind of media format you want to record it. Keep it about a minute long, no longer, MP3 format, and send it to emperor at wcradio.com. That is correct, the actual size. Who's putting it up there in IRC? Okay. I want to thank Xavier Hawk and Theranos for sending in their audio emails this week. A couple others were sent in, but I could not use them because of their poor quality. Also, folks, keep the profanity out. I understand how I swear, but it's my show. So, it's not yours. Nobody wants to hear you swear. I want to thank my staff, Death and Decay, Davlin, and Mechahawk, for sending in all of the, some of the music you heard tonight, as well as some of the news articles and topics we have discussed. You are more than welcome to send in not only your feedback, but also your own news articles for me to consider. A quick plug for my old buddy, my clan side, who just, uh, my clan just celebrated their 13th birthday of continued existence at clan1g.net, the clan field guard community. Come and join us. Obviously, you can get the show and all of our other great programming at World of Warcraft Radio, WCRadio.com, as well as my live show, which is actually supposed to be live, the Esports Empire with Emperor, that airs on Friday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, 
9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Basically, we do is I do play-by-play of esports games, Warcraft 3, Empire Total War, Team Fortress 2, games of that nature. Tune in, either play for it, listen to it live, participate, it's a lot of fun. Let's see, I think I've now plugged every single person and group I need to. I don't think I'm missing anybody. Anyways, I want to thank those of you who are listening to me live this evening, doing it at the wee hours of the morning. Alex, I didn't want to take up anybody else's time. I will return you to your regularly scheduled program here momentarily. But ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow night, Friday, for the Esports Empire. This has been Emperor saying bad manners are better than no manners at all. So long, everybody.